0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we conclude Psalm 89 as Ethan the Ezra Heights remembers God's covenant with David, but now God has cast him off. Will he not remember his former mercies? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on simply the Bible. Ethan the Ezraite wrote Psalm 89.
0: He may be the same Ethan who was a contemporary of King Solomon, and he begins by singing of the mercies of the Lord forever. That's how he starts it in verse one. Then he speaks of the everlasting covenant God made with David where he told David that he would build him a dynasty forever. We continue in Psalm 89, verse 19. Then you spoke in a vision to your Holy One and said, I have given help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found my servant David with my holy oil. I have anointed him with whom my hand shall be established. Also, my arm shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. I will beat down his foes before his face and plague those who hate him. Now what was David doing when the Lord chose him? He was taking care of his father's sheep. When a lion or bear would attack, he would beat the beast and rescue the sheep. He was a mighty warrior from his youth. I have found my servant David. Samuel said of David, the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. God looked upon David's heart and chose him because David was a man that sought after God's own heart. With my holy oil, I have anointed him. When David was among his brothers in the home of his father, Jesse, Samuel came and anointed him with the holy oil. This was symbolic of David being anointed with the Holy Spirit To be king of Israel. My arm shall strengthen him. David wrote that with the Lord's help, he could bend a bow of bronze and leap over a wall. God strengthened him and taught him how to make war. I will beat down his foes before his face. Now we see this first with Goliath, and then with many subsequent battles. The Lord gave David victory on every side against his enemies. Verse twenty-four. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, and in my name his horn shall be exalted. Also, I will set his hand over the sea, and his right hand over the rivers. He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Also, I will make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My mercy I will keep for him forever, and my covenant shall stand firm with him. His seat also I will make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of heaven. My faithfulness and mercy shall be with him. God would never remove his faithfulness and mercy from David. Even when David sinned, God forgave him and restored him. He wrote in Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will set his hand over the sea and rivers. What amazing authority God gave to David to rule from the Mediterranean Sea on the west to the Euphrates River on the east. He shall cry to me, you are my father. Now this shows that this is also a prophetic psalm of the son of David, who would be the only begotten son of the father. And we see that God's covenant with David is ultimately fulfilled through Jesus Christ. I will make him my firstborn. The firstborn son of the family received a double portion of the inheritance from his father. Prior to the Levitical priesthood, the firstborn son would also be the priest of the family. Now Jesus is the firstborn of the Father. Colossians 1:15 tells us he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus was created as the Jehovah's Witnesses teach. According to John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But Jesus is the firstborn in preeminence. He is the firstborn among many brethren, the highest of the kings on earth. While David was alive, he was the highest king in God's estimation, But the son of David is the king of kings and lord of lords, and soon he will return to take his rightful place on the throne in Jerusalem. My covenant shall stand firm with him. God's covenant with David would stand firm for eternity, even through his sin and the sins of his descendants. God's covenant would not fail because it was based on his eternal promise. I will make his seed endure forever. This is ultimately fulfilled through the seed of David and the seed of Abraham, through whom the whole world is blessed, that is, Jesus Christ. Verse 30, If his sons forsake my law and do not walk in my judgments, if they break my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. So beginning with David's son, Solomon, and with subsequent descendants who sat on the throne, many forsook the law of God and did not keep his commandments. And when they sinned, God didn't let them get away with it. As a loving father, he punished them with the rod, not with the sword that would have destroyed them, but with the stinging and painful rod of correction. God would not spare the rod and so spoil his son but would wisely discipline him as the expression of his love. Verse 33, Nevertheless, my loving kindness I will not utterly take from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail. My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His seed shall endure forever and His throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever like the moon, even like the faithful witness in the sky. Selah. Nevertheless, even though I may punish Him with the rod, my loving kindness I will not utterly take from Him. What a wonderful hope this is and how it speaks of God's unending grace. God would bring The descendants of David through hard times, David's royal descendants and all Judah would be taken captive to Babylon. But even there, God would not utterly remove his loving kindness from them. And he wrote to the captives in Babylon through the prophet Jeremiah, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I will not alter the word that has gone out of my lips. God could not and would not alter a single word of his covenant. For he is not a man that he should change his mind. He knows the end from the beginning. And whatever he promises, he brings to pass in his time. His throne shall be established like the sun and moon. Are the sun and moon still shining? Last I checked, then God's covenant with David is still intact. While we see no one sitting on David's throne on earth, Jesus Christ is sitting on the throne in heaven, and soon he will be given the earthly throne in Jerusalem and worshipped by the whole world. Verse 38, But you have cast off and abhorred. You have been furious with your anointed. You have renounced the covenant of your servant. You have profaned his crown by casting it to the ground. You have broken down all his hedges. You have brought his strongholds to ruin all who pass by the way, plunder him. He is a reproach to his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his adversaries. You have made all his enemies rejoice. You have also turned back the edge of his sword and have not sustained him in the battle. You have made his glory cease and cast his throne down to the ground. The days of his youth you have shortened. You have covered him with shame. Selah, stop and think about that. What we see here is that Ethan cannot reconcile the covenant that God made with David to what he has seen before his eyes, where everything is falling apart. And it could be that he was speaking of at the end of Solomon's reign when the Egyptians and others began to come against Judah uh, because. Solomon had turned away from the Lord or it could be that this is an Ethan that was living at the time of the Babylonian captivity and he's seen the descendants of David you know, being taken captive into Babylon and seeing literally everything falling apart. Uh, but he can't reconcile the covenant that God made with David to what he is seeing because to him it seems now that God has cast off his anointed. You have renounced the covenant of your servant and you have cast his crown to the ground. You've broken down all his hedges. So all of the protection that God had provided to David and Judah was gone. He is a reproach to his neighbors, all the enemies, you know, coming against, attacking them verbally, attacking them physically. You've turned back the edge of his sword. So whereas David before had been the mighty victor and all of his enemies were defeated before him, now David And his descendants, Judah, uh, were being defeated by their enemies. And you have covered him with shame. Verse 46. How long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is. For what futility have you created all the children of men? What man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his life from the power of the grave? Selah. So how long, Lord, will this continue? How long until you come to our aid? Will you hide yourself forever? Where are you, Lord? You see, and I love the fact that he's honest with God. You know, God allows us to be honest with him if we will be respectful of God and of his word, but he pours out his heart to him honestly. Will your wrath burn like fire? Will you continue to pour out your wrath until you consume us? Remember how short my time is. I'm just here for a moment and then I'm gone. And what man can live and not see death? I'm going to die soon, God. Am I not going to see your goodness during my days? You know, verse 49, Lord, where are your former loving kindnesses which you swore to David in your truth? Remember, Lord, the reproach of your servants, how I bear in my bosom the reproach of all the many people's with which your enemies have reproached, O Lord, with which they have reproached the footsteps of your anointed. Blessed be the Lord forevermore. Amen and amen. So, God, where are those former loving kindnesses that you poured out upon David, that you promised to him? We want to see it too, you know. And now remember, I have borne the reproach of all these enemies. You know, I'm bearing it in my own bosom here. And they have reproached the footsteps Now, I think about this in terms of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the anointed one of God, how the people reproached his footsteps. And Jesus said, look, if the world hated me, it's going to hate you, too. No servant is greater than his master. And we can expect that we also are going to suffer the same kind of reproach that Christ suffered. Don't be surprised by that. But then he ends here and he says, Blessed be the Lord forevermore. Amen and amen. So even though he is seeing everything falling apart around him, and I think we can sort of relate to this, okay, especially this year. And yet, even in the midst of that, he looks up, he says, Blessed be the Lord forevermore. God, you're still on the throne. You're still in control. I'm still going to praise you because I know in the end,
1: you're going to come through. please contact us through our website. Next time, we'll look at Psalm 90, the Psalm of Moses. He addresses the eternal nature of God and prays that we could wisely number our days on earth. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.